Father, we thank you so much for this time. I pray, Holy Spirit, as we go into your word, that you just continue speaking to us, ministering to us, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Brilliant. Would you? Would you mind just playing whilst I read the word? It won't be the whole time. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm just going to read it intermittently throughout the whole night. <laughs> Fantastic. Can, can we just give Molly a round of applause? Just to say, that's her first time anchoring a meeting like this. And it's quite a full meeting, so thank you, Molly, for that. And you did a fantastic job. And you, you're not done yet, so you're still... But um, no, you're doing really well. Come on, Guys, um, I, just, I just really feel the, the heart of God is to actually really speak to individuals today. And that... People have come from such diverse backgrounds to be seated in a seat in the cinema. And you might be wondering, why are they meeting in a cinema? Like, what, what is it about? that? Well, the, the, the beauty of this place is that Jesus is in us. So wherever we are, He is. Which means we carry His presence wherever we go. We're not limited to a place where God can meet us, but actually it's where we are. The kingdom is at hand. And I, I just really want to try and serve you well, but my heart has been so burdened this week by this message. Um, I went for a prayer walk about 10 o'clock last night, and as I was walking, you know, you just get filled with the majesty of God. You just look at everything around you, you think, wow, God, you created this. You created this. You know that, that awe, that sense of awe that God is bringing? He's going to do that right now, and I feel this, this, uh, these verses were very specific for people today. And there's a physical and a spiritual element to this dynamic. And it's in John chapter 5, uh, verse 1. It says this, Sometime later, Jesus went out to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five, can you say five? five. Covered colonnades. Remember five, what did five represent in the Bible? Grace. Five was always the number for grace. And it says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who is there had been an invalid for 38 years. Can you say 38? 38. That's a long time. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. Can you say long? He asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? You might think, what a strange question to ask someone. Do you, do you want to get well? You might think, well, obviously, surely he would want to get well if he's not walked for 38 years. Surely. But there's something about when Jesus asks a question, he's wanting to speak right to our hearts and reveal where our hearts are at. And it says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one, can you say no one, to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying, can you say trying, to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Forget about the fact the guy just got healed. 
It's like, you haven't stuck to our rules. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Let's forget this big miracle because you're not living according to the rules that we think you should live by, Jesus. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. They asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up it and walk? We don't know who he is. He's not part of the religious establishment. The man who had been healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said, See you all well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews. He's like, okay, you want to tell me that? I'm going to tell the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Father, we pray for your help in this message. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I didn't know if there was a baby saying amen. That would have been cool. But here's the thing. It's, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, bro. Can we give Tim a round of applause? Yeah, come on. I, I don't know about you, but when you, when you hear this story, when you read this story, it's really been imprinted on my heart this week that God wanted to speak to us that firstly there's a natural history that Jesus is a miracle healer. You know, we still believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen? That we believe that what God did, He can still do. It's not a God that just, you know, worked in one age and doesn't work now. But here's the reality is with healing, there's an element of mystery to it. Wouldn't you agree? There's an element of mystery that there was a great crowd of people wanting to get healed, yet Jesus comes and ministers just to this one person. And I love it because it says, when he learned that this man had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him. How did he learn? I mean, this is a God who knows everything, but he was going around and asking, so what's your story? So um, what's your story, Eden? What's your story, Alice? How long have you been struggling with that for? One year? Let me keep moving on. What's your story, Mitch? And he goes around and he learns and he finds someone who's struggled with something for 38 years. And he decides, this is the person that I want to come and speak to in this moment. And I want to see a miracle done in his life. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know your story. I don't know your history. I don't know your past. But sometimes you might be like this man in the story who feels like, my goodness, everyone else seems to be getting their place of freedom. Everyone else seems to be getting a miracle in their life, but I'm just stuck here. I can't seem to move forward in my life because whilst I'm trying to get there, someone else goes down ahead of me. And we have a generation who feels like an orphan generation. People are constantly comparing themselves they're constantly wondering, am I, am I good enough? Is there something wrong with me? I'm trying to get free here, but I just go on Instagram and suddenly I see someone that's more beautiful than me, someone that's more wealthy than me, whatever it is. And we're looking at everyone around us and we totally miss Jesus right in front of us. You see, because this guy had spent 38 years, we don't know how many years at this particular place. And the belief at that time was that if you jumped into the pool, when the water was stirred, you'd get healed. But there, now, how much we know about this, it's not really much revealed. But what we see is there's a strong belief that the only way he was going to get his freedom is if he got into the pool. 
And he totally missed the person of Jesus because of a belief that freedom was found in this place. And what we see today is people trying to find freedom in everything else except Christ. People want freedom to be themselves, to go on their journeys of, you know, discovery. I'm just going to go find myself, you know, on some holidays for 10 years and, you know, go backpacking across Asia for the next two years. And you know what millennials want to do with their lives? Nothing. <laughs> it's true. Millennials want to get rich from doing nothing and then go sit on a beach doing nothing. Is it true? <laughs> Look at all the music videos. Just chilling on the beach, doing nothing. Do you know you can only sit on a beach for so long before you turn like a tomato? Amen. Hey, some of you, you know, you've, <laughs> some of you just aren't blessed with the gift of tanning. You know, I, I feel for you guys. I, I, <laughs> I remember when Willem was younger, he'd just turn red. He'd, he'd burn and then be white. Burn and then white. Burn and then ghost. Burn, ghost, burn, ghost. I was like, what is wrong with this guy? He just did not tell. But, the, <laughs> sorry, that's Willem. Let me introduce you. Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he's the white guy with my baby. <laughs> we call him Casper. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, snap. He's going to be preaching in two or three weeks. So I better be nice to him next week. Uh, <laughs> But he, he comes and finds this guy. I don't know how I got there from here. I mean, it's just like, this is going to be one of those days. But this guy tried everything to change his condition, but he just could not change it. He had tried everything, and yet he couldn't get there. And on top of that, he had tried everyone. But he was left in a place where there was no one to help him into the pool. And I don't know about how many of you here sometimes feel like you're totally alone in your life. In an area where you're like, God, I really want victory. I really want to live in your kingdom and your glory. But I just don't have anyone around me who can help me to a place of freedom. And that loneliness is something that has infected our culture. You look at British culture today. You know what amazes me about Britain? It's how closely everyone lives. I didn't know what a terraced house was. Amen. Genuinely. I remember becoming an estate agent and they're like, you've got to sell this terraced house. I googled what terraced meant. <laughs> also double glazed. I didn't know what that was. And that was my first job selling double glazing windows. I didn't know what they were. <laughs> Why? Wow, you don't keep heat in the house, as you saw on Monday and Tuesday this week. But here's the thing. You live so closely together, yet I've never seen a culture in such loneliness. How does that happen? That we can live almost on top of each other and yet be so distant from one another. You see, this guy had, was surrounded by people that were sick in the same situation and yet he felt that he was in total isolation. Why? Because everyone was out to get healed for themselves. I don't know about you, but when I'm sick, I'm not a good person. I'm like, I'm bad at... <laughs> Asher knows this, you know. <laughs> Or should we go? No, I don't think so. I d don't, don't. This wonderful couple that led worship today, we went on holiday with them to Morocco. And we ate, I ate a margarita pizza. And my goodness, that was the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> biggest mistake of my life was eating that margarita pizza. You're like, margaritas don't give you food poisoning. This one did. 
trust me, it did. I don't know what they put it at, but the three or four of us with my wife were in Morocco with one bathroom and four people with food poisoning. It was crazy. All I can say is this wonderful worship leader, Tim, ended up in the sink. I ended up on the roof. The ladies shotgunned the bathroom, even though I shotgunned it first, but the rules of shotgun got taken out at that point, you know? You know that gentlemanly thing. But, but, but here's the thing. When I'm sick, I, I won't lie to you. I'm like, it's every man for himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if there's only, like, one bit of, you know, tablet or something left to get healed, I'm like, I'm taking that tablet before you, and I'm not even going to Even my wife, it's like, sorry, okay, I'm going for it. Who knows what I'm talking about? When you're ill, you don't think about others. Here's the thing. is This guy was surrounded by people that everyone was out to get something for themselves and not help him. And you might feel like that in your life, your friendship groups, wherever you're at in your story, that you're surrounded by people where everyone's out just to get more for themselves in business. It's always about getting one step up in your, in your uh, career. It's like they're going to stamp on you to get up to the next level. Who knows what I'm talking about? But actually, when Jesus comes on, He sees you. He looks at you and he says, everyone else might have left. Everyone else might be out for themselves. But I'm here to serve you and I can free you. That's the God we serve. Yeah. A God when no one else will help us, he will help us. A God when no one else sees us, he sees us. And no, a God when no one else will just come to us, he comes to us. That's the God we serve. And he's here today. But my question, and I love Jesus' question, he says, do you want to get well? It's something we use in counseling all the time in this church. Just to warn you, pre-warn you. If you want to come to counseling and you want us just to stroke you and tell you how wonderful you are, wrong place. Seriously. One of the first questions I ask people when I start journeying with them is, do you want freedom? Do you want to get well? Well, because sometimes we don't. What was that thing, Gail? The, was it the blind association? The deaf association. People didn't want to get healed because of the community they found in being deaf. They were scared of leaving that which they knew in order to hear and be free. Scary. But how many of us, like being in the condition we're in, could we find comfort in our brokenness rather than in the freedom that God's called us to live? Am I preaching? Come on, Lauren's back. <laughs> Come on, this is it. Do you actually want victory or do you want to stay in the same place you've been for a long time? If you're 20 years old and you're still in your Star Wars pajamas living at home, you need to grow up. <laughs> it's time to take off the PJs. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> But do you, do you just find comfort in being in that place of comfort? Or is it time that God's saying, actually, I've got something that I want you to walk into, that I need you to leave the past behind, but you've got to answer this question. Do you want to get well? Do you want freedom? Or do you just want to be stuck in your condition for another 10, 20, 30 years? Come on. You need to answer that question. Jesus comes and he's uh, the only way. So the, this guy had this belief system that the only way I'm getting better is if this happens, if that happens. And the story paralyzed him in his condition. Because he said, every time I try to get in, who's tired of trying today? 
Who is tired of trying? It's like every time you try, you just end up disappointed again. Every time you try to get, uh, you know, free of that unforgiveness, you just get disappointed again. Every time you try and deal with that family issue of a father not being there, a mother not being there, Jesus comes and he says, actually, I'm going to come and do what you couldn't do in your own strength. I'm going to come and free you where you couldn't free yourself. That is the heart of God. I'm tired of trying. I'll tell you something, I'm quite an intense person, as you probably can see, but I'm all in. If I'm going to do something, I'm going gung-ho. But there's some things I just can't change. One of them that I've seen is like, my posture is just, I, I can see myself great. Do you know what I mean? Like in 50 years' time, I, I can just see this happening. Do you know what I mean? Because my, my neck, I just I lean forward like this. You know how many times I've tried to straighten up? I remember my teacher saying, you're going to be a hunchback when you grow up. <laughs> hey, I rebuked that, Mrs. Dickens. I was like, <laughs> That was her name. <laughs> but I, I tell you something, the amount of times I've tried to straighten my part, even sometimes you'll see me, I walk like this, and they'll be like, going to try? It lasts about 20 seconds. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, come on. I don't, I don't want to have issues later. But I can't get free of that. I, like I've tried everything. But when Jesus comes on the scene, he changes everything. Where you can't straighten up yourself, he straightens you up, like Molly was saying. He, he, God, the God we serve comes in where we, every time, everything we've tried, he comes and he says, I want you to stop trying and start trusting. I want you to stop trying and start trusting me. Because the gospel, the good news of Jesus, isn't about trying harder to get free. It's about trusting in Jesus who died on a tree so you could be set free. Not by anything you did or achieved, but only by what you received through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. Christianity isn't a try hard. Like, let's try harder to become good people. Please don't. Start trusting in Christ and allowing Him to transform your life and working with Him so that you can see the glory of God displayed in and through your life. But Jesus sees you today and I can see him working in lives already. And it is so, so good. Because when Jesus comes, you don't even have to wait for the end of the service to give your life to Christ. You can give it to him right now. Because when he speaks and his word comes alive in your heart, there's an at once you start walking. At once you start coming to freedom. And I encourage you, if God's working in your life right now, say, yes, Lord, I believe in you. I give my life to you. I ask for your forgiveness now. Come on. This is the gospel that we serve. At once Jesus gets up. You know, when Jesus speaks, things change. Did you know that this universe, this great mighty universe that Molly was talking about in the Peak District was created by a word? By God speaking, and the Bible says that the Word, through Him, through the Word of Christ, all things were created. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, that life was the light of men. Then it goes in verse 40, the Word became flesh and made us dwelling among us, talking about Jesus. Jesus comes here as the Word, and when He speaks, things change. We need a generation that believes in the Word of God again. Come on. We're hearing so much rubbish around us. Maybe it's time that we start putting a silencer on that and say, I'm going to allow this to be amplified in my life. Come on. You know, the, the thing in walking with Eden, one of the things I've pushed and said time and time again is I need you to get into the word for yourself. It's not enough us just hanging out. You need the, the, the Bible inside of your heart. 
that the word will carry you even when I'm long gone. The, power, the truth of God's word will carry you in your marriage, in your future, in your destiny. But sometimes we need a people to take him at his word. You know, I genuinely believe in the West, we're trying to pass to people who don't want to get well. Because you know what Jesus had to deal with? What this guy wanted before he started walking. He had to start dealing with what's on his heart, what's in his will, what is on his desire that he wants before he starts walking. And some of you are trying to walk, but you've got the wrong desire. You're like, I, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to forgive people so everyone can see how wonderful I am. I, I, I want to deal with my, this trauma just so that people can see how strong I am. Rather than actually... I want to forgive because God calls me to forgive and I want to glorify my Father and show Him how much I love Him and I want to be free and live in all that He's called me to walk in. See the difference? Come on. Got three people on the front row with me. Amen. (laughs) Come on. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. Have Have you been lying down in a place for too long? Have you been in a place for way too long where it's time to get out? Depression, anxiety, loss. I'm going to take a bold step here. I feel like in particular there's someone that's, there's a loss of a child in your past. And are you stuck there? You see, it's time to walk into freedom. It doesn't mean diminishing what's happened, but it means acknowledging that what's happened will not define what will happen in your life. Amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah. I really feel there's, there's something God's wanting to speak here. Is, I'm just going to go a little off track. Romans 10, it says this, Faith comes by hearing the message. A message is heard through the word of Christ. If you want faith to arise in your heart, you need to hear the message of the gospel. But that is a direct quote from verse 16. It says, not all the Israelites accepted our message. Who has believed our message? In verse 15, goes to 16, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. What was the message? What was that specific message that he was talking about in Romans 10? Jump back, Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? Verse 1. A direct quote from Isaiah 53. What is in Isaiah 53? The suffering servant. Wow. In that case, Ben's Ben's right. Is God speaking to us right now? Because this could be a moment. It's It's quite a good background, isn't it? I'm like... Whoa, should we just keep going? I feel like a film's about to start, like Saw 5 or something. <laughs> what should be like the most inappropriate... Me- Children, close your eyes, quickly, quickly. Oh my goodness, this is funny. Is it just a holding thing? Fantastic. Hello. <laughs> It's me. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got to, I've got to behave. We've got guests. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Isaiah 53 is a message of the cross. 
And you know what the message of the cross was? That he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That when Jesus died on the cross, he carried your sin and your sickness on the cross. He didn't just carry your sin, which a lot of us believe, but in the atonement, he paid the price for your sickness too. That means your wholeness in every area of your life. Whatever area you're struggling in, Jesus paid the price for it. And you know what I'm desiring is that the church would rise up and say, we want what you paid for. We want what you paid for, Lord. I don't want to just live a life in torment my whole life. I only live in the victory of God. That's what I love about speaking to Luke on the phone. I'm on the phone for like 20 minutes. The whole phone call is like, no, the word of God declares this. This is what I'm walking through. This is what the word says. That's the kind of faith we want. A people who say, no, 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 I've had enough of living in defeat. I want to live in the fullness of God. Because a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ came that we might have life. But you know where faith comes from? If you want faith, hear the message of the cross. It's not about what you can do or achieve. It's about what He did on the cross as a free gift. Amen. Amen. Come on, I think they sorted that. Wow. (laughs) One day we got to play a prank. We got to do it. But Jesus is doing something right now. But you know what happens when Jesus works? People get offended. And this is the reality, sadly, of our culture. Everyone gets offended over everything these days. Uh, am I okay to, you know? Um, um, you, you know, when I moved here, I thought, maybe I'll have to get more politically correct. Then I thought, actually... No. So, you know, it's like you're almost walking on eggshells these days as a Christian. If you say anything, you're a bigot. If you say anything in love, suddenly you're a hater. Rather than actually the truth of God offends people. Jesus constantly. Now, just because we're in a liberal culture, we think, oh, we're not religious. Uh, You have any friends like, oh, I'm not religious. Do you know something? Most of my liberal friends are more religious than me. Come on. You want to know why? Because religion starts defending itself. And the belief systems of our world, people will die for them these days. They will die for the agenda that we see happening in culture time and time again. And if you as a Christian stand up and say, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. I believe Jesus has something for this culture. And I believe God's word is right. You just say that. My goodness, you'll be crucified. Why? Because we've gone so far the other way from this, you know, conservatism all the way through to this craziness where we just believe whatever we want to believe, except everyone else has to believe what we believe. And that's the issue with our culture today. And people get offended, and Jesus offended all of these guys. You know, Jesus could have healed this guy any other day of the week, but he chose on the Sabbath to come and heal him. Now, remember, in Jewish culture, they believed the Sabbath was a day where you did no work. And for them, their interpretation of no work meant you couldn't heal someone. Now, remember, Jesus didn't actually break the Sabbath. He broke the interpretation of the Sabbath. Very important. Some of us are like, oh, I, just, I know this perfectly. I know this is exactly what God said. Now, sometimes we need to be a bit more gracious with people that are slightly different to us. And say, oh, you know, maybe, I'm, maybe I might have this point wrong. But the core convictions I'm holding to, and that's the cross of Christ and the, the, the beauty of who Jesus is. But it says they persecuted Jesus. Why? Because he did something at a time he shouldn't have. And you know something? Today is the day where God's going to come and speak and heal and restore you right now. You know why? Because you might be like, Dylan, it's another day for me. No, no, no. Today is the day. 
And Dylan, it's going to offend my family if I become a Christian. <laughs> so what? Yeah. Come on. If we're not willing to get a little bit of persecution in the West, how are we going to survive if this ever gets worse? Come on. Jesus is not a timid God. He was never a God that just sat back and said, I'm just this weak God that's going to just walk on eggshells around the Jews and not ever offend anyone. He comes right into it and says, I'm going to heal you right here on the Sabbath and I'm not afraid of you. Why? Because he is a loving God who wants to reveal their religion and say, actually, your religion is killing you and you need to come to a relationship with me. See, it's all motivated by love. Even when God offends you, he loves you. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, Jerusalem, in Israel, you think the Sabbath is a new, an old thing where they didn't work on the Saturday. In Israel today, on the Saturday, people don't push the elevator button. You have the Shabbat. Where you push it and it just goes automatically up and down because if you push the elevator button, it's seen as work. Crazy. But did you know in 1992, the guy's apartment was burning down and they, could, they didn't want to phone the fire brigade, so they ran to the rabbi and said, um, are we allowed to phone the fire brigade? Because if, if we use electricity on the Sabbath, we're breaking a circuit, which is seen as work. And whilst they were doing that, it took half an hour. By that time, two other apartments had burned down. 1992. Happening today. Like, wow, that's crazy. But I don't know about you, but, you know, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever tried to not do something to offend people? Or have you ever tried to stick... <laughs> Yeah, Drew. Have you ever tried to stick to a rule that you've made for a day that you can't do something and then it happens on that day? Anyone know what I'm saying? On Friday, I had this situation where I said, I'm not going to have any sugar on Friday. I decided it. Said it in my heart. I'm going to detox, fruit shake in the morning, walk out into the day, strong with Marty, and I'm going to conquer today. You know what happens? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Guys, guys, guys. The tempter came to me. Because here's, here's what happened, is I went to deal with, uh, see a tenant in uh, Rushton. I walk into this, uh, this guy's shop. You know what he runs? Dessert parlor. <laughs> 10.30 in the morning. I'm strong. I'm not eating ice cream today. You know what happens? He turns to me and he says, would you like some? Lays out before me. Now, in my mind, I'm, having, I'm preaching on this. I'm like, God, I've got to stay strong. I've got to honor the Sabbath, the no sugar day, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing... I saw Oreo, gelato. And the tempter came in. And then I saw like lotus biscuit or something. Or, ooh, and it's there. And then I'm like, ah, yo. And then you know what I realized? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. I need to take the blessing of God whilst it's available. Because if I don't, it might not come back again. And some of you are sitting there and you're like, well, I'm just going to respond to Jesus when I'm ready on another day. The ice cream will be finished. Now is the time. There's something about when God speaks that we need to respond to His word in that time. I took the ice cream. Because I wanted to honor breaking it to make an illustration for today. Amen. So I sacrificed my health for you. <laughs> and then he offered me cakes and waffles. And I don't want to tell you what happened next. But, uh, but the thing is, I had my little rule book. But you know something? When grace, you know what the Sabbath was meant to be? A reminder that God works even when we don't. 
The whole purpose was to show mankind, you are not God. God is God and He doesn't need you to work every day in order to accomplish His will. That's what the Sabbath was made for. So what the Sabbath was actually showing is what Jesus said later. He said, my father is always at work and I too am working. What is he saying? God is always at work. We don't always have to work. Because grace comes in and does what we couldn't do for ourselves. And then he fulfills that which we could never accomplish in our own strength. That's the grace of God. It needs to remind us that there's a... That we aren't God because we look at people today. You, you know what I find so funny? I don't know many people that are like, your brother, you went on that holiday to Greece. Wow, that is amazing. You are just so good at living out your spirituality. You know, we really celebrate you. I've never heard that. But you know, you know what I hear people applauding? Dude, I, I, this week was crazy, man. I, I was working 16 hours a day. I know some people are working 16 hours a day, but it's a, and, and some of us are like, wow, that's incredible. Yo, you know, that's it. You know why? Because we celebrate work more than we celebrate rest. And we miss God at work when we celebrate our work above His work. Amen. Come on. Worship team, would you guys mind coming up to save us? Do you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's too far gone. <laughs> yeah, only the Lord. <laughs> but you know, you know, it's something that I just want to end on here, and this is so, so important to get right for us today, is Jesus comes to the man later in verse 40, and he says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And I was reading the scripture, I thought, man, it would be so easy to jump over the scripture. But the reality is, not all sickness is caused directly by relation to the person that is ill. What I mean by that is John 9, the blind man, the disciples came and said, Who sinned? This man or his parents said he was born blind. Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned that he was born blind, but this happened that the work of God might be displayed in his life. But, having said that, all sickness is a result of sin, ultimately. Does that make sense? Because sin corrupts the original intention and creation of how God created the world. So when you look at the world, you say this isn't as it should be. Now it seems to point that this man, something had happened in his life from a direct causation of sin that Jesus specifically addressed this in the man's life. So sometimes it is a result of someone's sin. Amen? And we were talking, I was funny, I was talking to um, Paul and Gail about this, is so often I see in counseling the amount of physical health conditions that come because of unforgiveness in people's hearts. It's incredible. People carry unforgiveness which is sin, by the way, can I just say that? Um, and they think, wow, I, and it manifests in physical ailment. And then when someone forgives, suddenly there's a physical healing. There's a direct relation. I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of the time there is. And what I want us to be challenged with here is Jesus comes, he says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And our culture makes light of sin. That's the reality. But you know, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. You know what sin does? It brings death to our spiritual life with God and also to our life with one another. And the only way to get free is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's not by anything you can do or achieve. It's totally a free gift. But if you're a Christian today, I want to encourage you, walk in that freedom. Don't stop. Don't stay sinning. Step out of it. 
Because Jesus doesn't want us living in anything less than His original plan for us. And that's the heart of God. But when we look at society, we look at people around us, do we look at our future and say, wow, this culture is getting better? Or do we say, my goodness, I'm worried. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Do you know worry is a sin, by the way? Can I just... That goes down really well. You know when Jesus says, do not worry. You know that's a command. And you know Jesus never commands you to do something He never empowers you to do. So unless we deal with that lie, you'll always live saying, I'm a warrior, rather than saying, I'm a worshiper of Jesus. Come on. I'm not saying it's easy, but we're going for these things. Amen. God wants to restore us to original intention, original creation. And later it says, those who hear His voice will live and they will cross over from death to life. And He wants to take you from death to life today. And I know some of you here today might never put your faith in Christ. Now is the time where He looks at you and says, my son, my daughter, I do not condemn you, but I choose you and I call you by name. I say, I want you to be with me. I want you to walk with me. I want to be your friend. Amen. Come on. But also, He is God. And He is mighty and He is strong. And He's like, I want to not just be your friend. I want to be your king. So I wonder, um, could we stand please? And I know I've been a little bit all over the place. But it is Sunday. Jesus. Uh, is there, I wonder if everyone, just pause. I wonder if we can just close our eyes, please. If there's anyone here, that you have never put your faith in Christ and given your life to Jesus and you want to put your faith in Jesus right now and say, yes, Dylan, I believe in Christ. I want to receive His forgiveness and relationship with Him. Can you raise your hand wherever you are, please? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just keep your hands raised, please. Anyone else? Jesus. Jesus. This is good. This is good. Oh man, I'm getting wrecked. 